Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. Now, if you're an adult who's unemployed or even if you're employed, you may not be sure about the career you want to pursue. If you're undecided about what you want to do career-wise and you have different things in mind or nothing in mind, we have someone who may be able to help you. Wherever you are on your employment journey, how do you go about deciding the path that you should take? How do you set goals and objectives that will help you along your employment journey and ease your career path or set a path, a career path for you? There are a lot of unknowns to the uninitiated. And fortunately for us today, we have someone who is very initiated. Today, my guest is Claudia Miller. Welcome, Claudia. I can't wait until we hear from you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, Beverly, especially with some of the topics we're going to be talking about today, especially with everything happening around us, not just domestically, but at a global level as well. So now tell us a bit about yourself. So we get to, we know who we're talking to, where you come from, what your path has been, how you got from point A to where you are now. So currently, I'm a career coach uh, for women in tech, both in technical and non-technical roles. And I help my clients, you know, lend jobs within 90 days or less. And on average, they get around a 54% in salary increases. And I primarily work with mid-level to senior leadership. So anywhere between managers and directors, and they're looking to advance in the next level in their careers. And I've been doing this now for eight plus years now. And like I mentioned, a lot of my clients, especially because I do tend to work with women and women of color, I've been able to help them increase their income by 30 and even up to by $140,000 in additional earned income. Now, I did not aspire to be a career coach when I was younger because I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> so I really, I think life led me to be at this point. And how I came to know what I know now is for personal reasons. I was looking to advance in my career. I consider myself to be very driven. I'm the person that you know got good grades. I was part of the National Honor Roll Society. And I felt like I checked off all the boxes. I did well in school. I networked. I did my internships and everything they tell you to do when you're in college. And as the first person in my family to even graduate from eighth grade, I really had to navigate this on my own. So I figured if I do all the right things, 
all of a sudden, like all these interviews are just going to start pouring in and I get to choose where I want to work at and it's going to be great and it's going to be at a real great salary. Well, I graduated and I had one interview and thankfully they offered me the job, but I knew that clearly everything I had been told was not enough. There was a missing piece of it. How come I didn't get that many interviews? What am I doing wrong? And I never wanted to be in that situation where I felt vulnerable. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed and almost helpless at that point that I decided I needed to figure out and how to really hack this, you know, career advancement. How can I increase my salary? How can I get multiple job interviews and job offers? And it took me about five or so years to figure it out. I worked with career coaches and resume writers, and I read books, and I did courses, and you name it. And when it finally clicked is when I started my business. At the time, I was running a, I started a virtual admin business, and I started using business strategies and converting them to, towards my career. And that's when I was able to pivot from finance to education, to the hospital setting, to tech health, and then every single time getting at least a $30,000 salary increase. And these are jobs that I probably only qualified about 30%. And yet I got the job, I got the salary increase, and I was very successful in those roles once I started them because I know how to be successful. And I don't need to be the expert, but I know how to tap into experts and be able to convey similar results to them. You said something that I was surprised by early on. You knew to network. You knew the value of networking. And I don't mean just social networking or social, you know, connecting with people through social media. That's important. I'm not saying that it isn't, but it sounds to me like you were making face-to-face contact with people and asking questions that were relevant questions, you know, not just, well, where's the cafeteria? (laughs) You were asking substantive questions that demonstrated your interest in learning and your knowledge about whatever it was that you were talking about. How did you know to do that? Well, I did networking both in person and virtual. Like I mentioned, I was the first one in my family to graduate from high school. So I didn't grow up with a network of, you know, professionals who had been to college or who had, you know, gone into the corporate world. My mom, you know, it was a nanny and she still is. And then my dad was working at a factory. So I already knew that everyone around my circle wasn't going to have the answers. So I've been used to being resourceful and going out and asking questions and going out to connecting with people. When you know I, I did internships, I would go connect back with my mentors and ask them, can you tell me a little bit more? And asking them questions on how do they get advanced. And they connected me with other people. Once I was in college, then I started connecting with like professors and other students. And I started taking other internships and connecting with them. Then afterwards, you know, there was LinkedIn. And then once that was available, that really opened up a lot of the doors. But I also looked at directories of some of the associations I was part of where they have alumni and current members, as well as the places where I was employed. I used to network with them because, again, I knew that at least my circle and where I grew up, they weren't going to have the answers. So I had to go elsewhere and find those answers and be able to tap into those types of resources. You know, I'm amazed because I have friends who are consultants, HR executives, corporate executives, executives in nonprofit enterprises, 
and there's a common theme, and it's not to paint any demographic with a broad brush, but it seems that people are coming into the workplace and they're expecting to be promoted after like six months. <laughs> and if they're not promoted in six months, you know, well, they're just going to leave. And I, when a friend of mine told me that, I said, but do they not know that it takes longer than that just to even to learn your job mm-hmm. and get used to getting from point A to point B if you work for a large company? And my friend said she she spoke to the woman and she said, "You, we started about the same time, didn't we? And she said, yes. She says, that was six months. She says, well, if I'm not promoted in six months, I'm leaving. And my friend said, but do you think that's realistic or reasonable? And she said, of course it is. But the question in my mind was, what skills could she have acquired within six months? What knowledge should she, could she have acquired within six months that would have made her promotion eligible or promotion ready. And I don't think that people's expectations are realistic or reasonable, but that's why I'm so struck by, like you, my parents couldn't guide me. I didn't Mm -hmm. have the contacts, but that was a different era. For you to say that's what you're doing now is really I'm taking it back. I guess you can look, you can see that I, because although this is an audio podcast, Claudia and I can see each other. I'm like, how does she know to do that? You know, it's like now we're talking about people getting participation trophies just for showing up. And that's not the way the working world works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a practicing attorney. I the, the work I'm doing now exposes me to a lot of different people because I conduct investigations and I hear people tell me, well, they think that, you know, they don't want to do it that way. They want to do it this way. And I try to explain to them that you can't do it that way. We have to do it this way to the end, to the conclusion. And if it doesn't work out, then we have to go back and tweak it and work another way, but they don't want to do that. And I'm like, do they realize it's not their call? (laughs) And apparently they don't. And it's not just young people, older people who are more experienced think that their experience is their ticket to ride. And to your point, things are changing so rapidly. What advice do you have for people, as I described just now, Because you knew without being told. You know what to do. Well, I always rely on data and experience after I've interviewed a few people. So if someone tells me, oh, I think you should do this in order to get to this role, well, then I'm still going to ask five to 10 people and see what the data tells me. And there's a trend. And I also try to look at industry reports to understand where is the market going? So I try to rely heavily on both data and also insights from people that are within the industry or within the world itself. And, you know, with everything happening at the moment, I was actually reading reading a leading industry report right now that says that the immersion right now of ChatGPT, which is an AI accessible to everyone, it's a free platform, is really going to change and it has already been changing some of the jobs. 
most people think that because of AI technology, it's going to impact maybe those entry-level jobs or more of those blue-collar jobs. But actually, because of AI, it is predicted it's going to be impacting more of like journalists, marketing, copywriting professionals, just because they can have one person and leverage AI in order to really be able to develop a lot of this content, a lot of this writing. And it's already happening. It's not like it will happen. It is already happening. And I even use it for my business. I go and use ChatGPT and you know what type of content. And I actually had the AI system create content for the entire year for me and tell me exactly you know, what I need to say, what hashtags to use, how to communicate, how to create engagement. And I still personalize it more towards my targets for um, customer segmentation. But that could have taken me you know, about a month or two. And I could have, now I could do it within a week or less. And again, it's because it creates speed and it's able to use the data based on how I'm able to give it. So if you're the marketing professional, either learn how to leverage AI in order to help you stand out from the competition or learn about other skill sets that go with it. Because when we bring two intersections of industries that are not correlated, that's when you become the expert. So marketing on itself, there's a lot of marketing. And if you're an AI, that's kind of its own separate thing. But if you're an expert in marketing AI, all of a sudden, you've really found a niche. And that's when you command higher salaries. That's how you're positioning yourself as an expert. Because most marketers don't know about AI. And AI people don't know about marketing. marketing. Now, and the hybrid is the new career path. Mm-hmm. I'm just so... Um, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm impressed. Seriously, because I don't have any children of my own, but I have like 15 to 20 godchildren. I mean, you know, once you have a godchild, they have brothers and sisters. So, you know, your godmother to everyone and even their, their neighbors, you know, as they grow up. But I'm amazed that intuitively and intellectually, you knew that you couldn't wait to be discovered. Mm-hmm. That you had to create a situation where you had to position yourself to be discovered, to put yourself out there. First of all, to acquire the information, the knowledge, the skills that you needed to put yourself out there successfully, and then razzle and dazzle them with your fancy footwork. <laughs> and, and, you know, that I wrote a book. I don't know, you can't. Your GPS to employment success, how to find and succeed in the right job. And that's what I tell people. You have to research the company, the industry. You need to get ahead of the curve. You need to know what the industry trends are, what the future is projected to look like. I was watching PBS and I saw a robot flipping burgers. And I said, you know what? This is serious. This is serious and people aren't paying attention. They think it's just going to be here. Fast forward, my law journal had an art, the cover article, AI and the law. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. really? Burgers and lawyers. I mean, and everything in between. So, what kind of jobs did you have that gave you some of the information that you found most helpful? I think every single job helped. I mean, I 
I mean, like I mentioned, I'm the first one. I, I grew up from a very humble beginning. So I even had to figure out like how to pay for my own college. It's not like I could really get a loan because uh, my family just didn't even make enough. And I had to really rely on scholarships. So I'm actually a Gates Millennium Scholar. So I had a full ride scholarship in order to do that. But I also knew that I have a really great work ethic and I actually love working depending on the jobs, of course, but I love learning. So I've been a tech specialist. I used to do a brand ambassador for different brands. So I had to speak up or be an MC. I also, when I started professionally, I was a a licensed financial advisor. Then I was uh, a business operations for a university. Then I was a quality assurance manager for a hospital setting for 14 modalities. And then I pivoted and I was a an associate director for a health insurance company where I had to work with um, and I had to manage around $50 million contracts of partners on how to help them grow their business. So every single job has been very great for me. And by the way, I studied architecture in when I was an undergrad. And when I got my master's, I was um, I got my master's in public health policy and administration. So because of my background, because it's so vast and I'm always interested in getting learning people, different types of industries, it positioned me to be in a great position to now help my clients where whatever they tell me, I have a really good foundation of understanding. Plus, along having my own business, I know about copywriting, I know marketing, I know about website development. <laughs> I mean, and the list goes on. So it's really put me in a great place to really understand where my clients coming from. I can understand what they do at a very you know high level and really like how can we communicate their expertise their insights and the magnitude of the work that they're conveying because it never comes across during the interview or in their resume or on their LinkedIn profile so it really gives me the opportunity and almost the advantage to say I know foundational knowledge and if I can't understand you that recruiter or sorcerer is not going to be able to understand you even though you're very smart and you have really great expertise and maybe the hiring manager will understand we can't understand you. So you need to be able to communicate to someone where I have some foundational knowledge, but you need to be able to sell me in order for your resume to get to the higher manager's desk. So what do people just coming, let's say, out of college, out of graduate school, coming back to work after having a child or after a divorce, they're just starting and to your point, things have changed since they were last in the workplace or this they're new to the workplace. Where do they start? What do they do? Well, I've worked with in those similar clients with those similar situations. And one of the things that I always have, a lot of my clients, especially when it comes to you know full career coaching, is really understanding where do you want to be in the next five, 10 years. I'm talking about income, lifestyle. What are some of the responsibilities you truly enjoy? Because the last thing I want them to do is, you know, spend time job searching, finding a job, and then realizing they hate that job or 80% of the responsibilities they absolutely hate or they just don't really enjoy. And that's when you start, you know, feeling toxic. You start being miserable. You start procrastinating. And then it, it does impact the outcome and the performance. So I like to get to the root cause. Well, what is it? How much do you want to be earning? What are the current skill sets of those? What do you enjoy the most? Where do you thrive in? What would you be okay continually investing in yourself? And once we have a good understanding of those parameters, then we can say, well, let's find jobs that at least encompasses 75 or 80% of those things you really enjoy. 
to ensure that you're happy. And also, if they worked before, what is it something that you really didn't enjoy of a toxic workplace? Was it a micromanager that you had and you just really can't stand that? If so, well, let's make sure that you don't end up at another company with a micromanager. And again, find yourself being miserable at that job. So I really like to get to the root cause because it, it would impact the rest of your career, your performance, and it can either make a difference whether you're stagnating or get behind or you actually get to make leaps within it. Once we have that financial understanding, that's when we can say, here are the jobs that sounds like to be a great fit. Let's network and make sure that based on what the job description and what is actually in true life matches or if it's something that's even better. So getting those industry insights is going to be very important and also gives them an understanding on how to gain that competitive advantage. So I have my clients ask, you know, when they're networking, what are the hardest skills to hire for in this role? What is a true salary range? And can you give me a ten to $20,000 range? Because you know, Glassdoor or Google has a $100,000 range. What is a true salary range for this industry? And once we know that range, I have them ask, well, what makes you offer a candidate on the higher end of that salary range? Again, it's like collecting ammo. You're connect, connect, really gathering this, these insights that when it comes to interviewing, you already have that information. We know the top three skills to hire or highlight in their resume, their cover letter, their LinkedIn profile during the interview process. And we know exactly what to say too, because that's what's going to position us as a top sought after candidate and will get us on the higher end of that salary range. So it's not just negotiation. There's a lot of things that go behind the scenes. And that's why my clients have been able to increase their, the average salary is anywhere between 50 to $75,000. The least amount has been $30,000 salary increases. And again, it's because I have them do a lot of this prep work, this research, and it's not like it's taking more time than the average job seeker. They're just being more tactical and strategic. That's right, more focused. Yep. And then they're able to get jobs within five weeks or within 90 days versus that candidate that's just, you know, blindly updating their resume and then applying to jobs for, you know, I've had clients where before they got to work with me, they submitted over two to 300 applications, been job searching for one or two years. Yet my clients spend 90 minutes a week, very strategically, and within 90 days are able to get a 54% salary increase at a job they love. And knock on wood, to date, none of my clients have ended up at a company that has laid them off. That's great. Let me ask you this. Let's go back to networking for a minute. Because my sense is that everyone doesn't network well. They don't like talking to people face-to-face. They're not comfortable. Their communication isn't their their strongest skill. How do you work with them? You know, do you accept them? How do you prep them so that they're networking ready? Well, because I do tend to work with a lot of women in tech. Some of them, I would say a good 60% of them are actual introverts. So they don't feel comfortable networking. And at least my philosophy is if you feel comfortable networking in person, by all means, add that as part of the strategy. If you don't feel like networking in person, we can still network virtually. Right now, everyone's more comfortable now with getting on a Zoom call or being on the phone. Now, I do recommend Zoom calls, but how I prime them to be ready and feel comfortable is... Again, as part of the process is I have them review job postings and then I have them highlight and identify questions. 
it says, you know, XYZ certification is needed. Well, maybe they don't have the certification. Is that really necessary? Is that preferred? And if is that specific certification, what part of it is important? Is it the foundations? Is it a specific segment of that? And once they start uncovering all these questions they have about a specific job, then they know I need to find the answers to these things. And the best way to answer that is to go into networking and have someone in the industry answer them. Also, they know that in order for me to figure out a true salary range, I need to go and ask. In order for me to really understand what is my competitive advantage and what are those hardest skills to hire for, we need to go to the industry and ask because it will change and evolve as time moves on. Now, they go and ask or do you go with them? I mean, how does that work? Because they're going to ask. So they're asking industry Mm -hmm. professionals. So they're, they're networking without knowing. Yes. So in my career coaching program, I have a step-by-step training on how they can identify who they need to network with, what to say with the script that they can just copy and paste to reach out to a person on LinkedIn, what email they should send in order to ask for a, you know, 20, 30 minute call. And again, I have scripts and templates afterwards, what questions to ask during those networking calls And then here's a thank you email follow-up you can send afterwards. And then here is also how you can almost systematize this to make sure you follow up with that person. And for those of clients that are introverts who are like, oh, I'm nervous reaching out to someone or sending an email, we use automation. I have it just click send and it'll schedule it. So it wouldn't even send it right now. It'll send it next Monday. And by that time, you'll probably forget about it and that email goes out. And once they get a response by that person saying, Beverly, I would love to connect with you. Yes. How about oh, this time cool. frame? And we even include in our networking email to say, you know, Beverly, and if you're too busy, I understand I'd be more than happy to email you my questions so that way you can fill it out at your convenience. So they there is a, an out. And sometimes they never, you know, they send that email automated. They send it out a few days later. Then they get a response to saying, yes, can you please email those questions? And they don't actually have to necessarily interact. So we leverage automation, systemization, and then afterwards, For those people that want to call, they also have the opportunity and they have all the resources to be successful. That's really creative because I'm wondering, you know, people don't, they don't like face, you know, face to face. They're more comfortable and now it's Zoom and, you know, now we're in virtual la la land. I love it. I mean, I don't go to the office. My office is 45 minutes away from where I live. so. For me, it's it's very comfortable, but I've worked in the in offices for years and years and years. So I know <laughs> I've had the experience and I like it, but this is good too. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't mind not having to get dressed to go to work every day. But, you know, when I meet clients, I have to pull myself together and um, look a certain way. That's another thing. What about appearance? Because we're almost, we're close to the end, but you know, what about appearance? You know, people have, I've noticed on television and streaming um, services, there are people who are professionals who are dressed the way you would expect them to dress. It catches me off guard. And I think, oh, he owns that company. Mm -hmm. He dressed (laughs) any way he wants. But has that been an issue that you've had to address with your clients? 
Not really, just because my clients tend to be in already, you know, in their 40s and 50s, they're managers or directors. I do teach them how to be camera ready for those interviews. So I have mock interviews with all of my career coaching clients where we practice as if it was a real interview and they have to find a place in their home where if they were to conduct an interview, where would they do it? I have them communicate with everyone that lives in the household that they're having an interview and not to be disturbed. And that's more to check are the boundaries being respected? And if not, we need to find another place. How They have to dress up again as if it's a real interview. And then not only do I pay attention to what they say and how they say it, pay attention to body language, but also placement of the camera, uh, the lighting of it. What's behind it? Is there noise? Is there people crawling in the background? You know, so those are the things that I take a holistic overview to say. Now we know this was a practice run. By the way, your children came in, your wife came in. Clearly, when it comes to a real interview, you cannot risk having this interview in your house because you set boundaries and they were not respected or for whatever reason. But we need to find another place because you don't want to have this type of interview when it does come, especially because my clients are applying for director, senior director, and such as executive level roles. So those are the things that I do work with them to make sure they're camera ready and they're fully prepared. And then I even give them, you know, feedback on their lighting and their body language and camera placement and everything that goes along with it. But as far as clothing, none of my clients really have had anything bad, maybe some glare on their sunglasses, on their glasses, which can be very distracting. And they have a mirror in the background and they can see their notes, maybe something like that. But as far as clothing wise, I have yet to have any issues. Yeah, you know, I think the the uninitiated, the, I think the younger people are and the less experienced they are and really the less training they have. Mm-hmm. See, if you get if you're trained, you know, because people in similar roles that you have will teach them. And sometimes people don't want to listen. You know? <laughs> yeah. They don't want to listen. I you know, I've had that experience and I'm like, okay, (laughs) whatever works for you. Do you have anything that you want to leave our listeners with, Claudia? This has been so informative. I'm going to share this with other people. Please, you know, one of the podcast is aired on CCNYU's radio station in New York. On Friday morning at it's either seven or eight o'clock. I'll let you know where and you know, you can find it online also. So you don't have to be in the New York metropolitan area. And I have heard from people who have caught the podcast from that site, which is, it was really, I, I really felt good because there's so much information that people are sharing and it's so useful and it's free (laughs) and it's free. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to tell people? Definitely. How to get in touch with you? Well, they can find me on my website, ClaudiaTMiller.com or at my Instagram handle at ClaudiaTMiller where that's where I share a lot of free career advice in there. And I also like to do polls and quizzes to see what people need feedback with. And then I create content around it. But one of the last words I would have to say is I know we're going through, you know, we're looming a recession or in the midst of it. You know, some people say we're already in it. Some people say we're about to enter it. Either way, it's near us. 
And with the layoffs happening, and I know that when that's, things like this happen, it just piles on top of each other. We tend to feel deflated. We tend to feel defeated. And one of the things that I recommend is make sure that you take care of your mind and your mindset, because if you're not feeling confident, it will leak out through the entire job search process. And one of the things how I help my clients is one, I help them with confidence, but also really helping them understand. And I look at the data. Now, I just read something where it says, when your neighbor gets laid off, it's a recession. But when you get laid off, it's a depression. So making sure that, you know, there's still companies hiring out there. There's still industries that tend to thrive during a recession, Flickr being one of them. <laughs> so there go, there are industries out there that do thrive during a recession and be able to do your due diligence to say, maybe tech companies are being impacted right now with their workforce. How can I pivot my transferable skill sets into other industries that do tend to thrive that are currently hiring and I can leverage that? Because if you're even my tech clients are soft, you know, director of software engineering, there's other companies that still have director of software engineering roles. If you're in working for a marketing company, well, there's different companies like liquor company that has marketing roles in there. And that was just like a prime example of that. So don't feel like, oh, because it's a different industry, I can't do it. And I've actually seen that to be a competitive advantage to a lot of my clients to say, I did come from this industry. I have insights and I have innovative strategies that I can implement in this new industry, along with my transferable skill sets and my expertise. And that's how they blow everyone out of the water. And that's how they get those higher salary ranges. No, that's excellent advice. The other thing is, if you see advice that's, uh, that's directed at a specific demographic or gender or, you know, like what women need to know, even if you're a male, look at it. There's probably a nugget in there for you. It's not just for that type or that gender. Read it. You can come away with information that you didn't have before and that you may find useful. But mindset and pivoting, very critical. You don't let yourself be marginalized by anyone, including yourself. You can do whatever you put your mind to do as long as you're willing to put in the work and be persistent. Yes. And I would say if they're miserable at their job right now, or they know they need to leave, do not delay your job search. Because one of the things that I've been hearing from a lot of my contacts that are recruiters and hiring managers is that they already have people reaching out to them that have been networking and they already have people in mind for these jobs. So once the economy opens up or these job postings open up, they might even even put a job posting. They might just say, Beverly, you know, I know we've talked. I finally got a rec. Why don't you start, come in and I'll have you meet, you know, my VP and then we can get you settled. So again, if you're waiting for things to change, it'll be too late. There's already people already applying for those positions and these positions may not even open up. So if you're looking to start job searching, want to get out, make sure you update your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn you start networking and really start seeding these opportunities. So when the time comes, because we don't know, it could be two, three months, or it could be in a year, you want to be top of mind. Because I bet you a lot of people, and I heard this a lot many times, I wish I would have left my job and started looking for a job when the whole great resignation or the great reshuffle happened. I wish I would have done that because that's when my clients were getting big salary compensation packages. They were getting retention bonuses, performance bonuses, 
sign-on bonuses, RSUs, and salary. And now data shows that bonuses are being reduced because of the market we're in. So the best time you could have job search or landed a job was over a year ago. The second time around is now. So when the job openings or when these opportunities are available, you're more than primed and ready to go. Once the uh, market opens up, it'll already be too late. Claudia, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and the wealth of information you've shared. Until next time. And for listeners, please consider purchasing my book, Your GPS to Employment Success. Available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores. Thank you so much. And until next time. Thanks, Beverly. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.